Welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. It's a cheery, cheery setup today. It's raining outside, but we are joined by Mr. Paul Finney. Hello, you're right. And we have a guest from Opta, Mr. Jack Supple. Hi, how you doing? Did I pronounce your last name right? Is it Supple? Yeah, it's Irish, apparently. Oh, there you go, Finney. So, what part of Ireland? Um, Southern. Uh, Cork. (laughs) I like Cork. Okay, nice. There you go. Well, well Well done. Living it was Irish yourself, obviously not as Irish as Finney. Um, we're, we're, coming, we're coming together after uh, a fantastic win, which I think may have taken some people by surprise. I don't know. I wasn't feeling great about it. Stoke are a really poor team. Uh, but on paper, when you kind of see them, it's a, a real who's who of like sort of Premier League rejects. A pretty, like Bruno Martins Indy who played in into Milan for God's sake. Mm. Uh, Joe Allen, who's a pretty decent footballer. Jack Butland, former England number one. So on paper, you see that team and you think, oh, that's quite a good side, but they're pretty useless. I think um, you, you look at the team that we were circling, we went down kind of thing from the premiership. It's just like, has been cast off, thawed together as in a, it had traits of a Mark Hughes kind of area about it, didn't it? And you see the fallout. Yeah, they were, they, they were they were all, they were they were quite awful. I mean, I'm, I'm de- devastated at the manager they got because it's obviously Norman Aaron's manager, and we've lost him to Stoke, which is weird. You think you're going to leave, leave us? Leave us for Barcelona or Real Madrid? It was a weird choice, and also he was doing quite well as Northern Ireland manager. Didn't raise it well. We actually yeah. won a couple of games. Yeah, and you qualified for the Euros, and yeah. like, it was weird. I'm weird in the choice. Playoffs for new ones. Yeah, but strange. We, we won't get there. Well, he was doing reasonably well with Stoke ever since he sort of you know took over. Their their form has been on the up, so. I thought it was quite quite impressive for us to come from behind, especially to beat them. But, uh, defensively, they were terrible, though. Yeah, they were um, so I, slow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen a defender that slow since we had Steve Morrow. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it was, it, and, you know, shocking, really, when you think about it. But I know you hear this word flow. I know, because I'm Is old. It about and passion? Down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm old. And it's not like lovely analysts that is modern about wing backs and full backs and Jack's going to provide those stats in a minute Excellent. don't you worry but um, it was it was good because we did show a hell of a lot of character I thought to be fair we came back and not only did we came back we stormed back and it's kind of like it's almost like going 2-0 down everyone looked at each other and went you know what we're better than this we can improve on this and they did what we've been trying to do, which I guess shows the words down my throat because I did say last week we need to change the system. But it shows you when we use that system, it works. It's it's a, it's a work of art. But when it goes wrong, not so much. I think um, in this case, I think you're right about the passion. I'm not going to laugh at you oh, because it's oh. true. Because it's true. Because it's the nicest we're thing looking you've ever in that me, Flo, looking at you. that team and on the run we had been on and that FA Cup fuck up. Going 2-0 down, I did not think we would come back from that. I did not. I think I thought we'll score one and it'll, it'll be 2-1 full-time. So that's why it was a really positive win because they kind of defied the odds a little bit, not necessarily because Stoke are better than us. It's more the odds of being QPR, the, you know, the history of fuck-ups and the history of losing the plot and losing to teams that are worse than us. So that's why it was quite nice. Jack, you've got a wonderful cheat sheet with you <laughs> of all the Opta kind of data and stats, which you tweet as well. Um, Jack, <laughs> if, if any of the listeners don't don't follow Jack on Twitter, Jack's got a great Twitter account where he posts 
really niche, random, interesting facts um, about QPR, as well as some less niche ones. But um, it's always good on a Saturday come sort of 5pm. You can guarantee that Jack will pull out a nice little stat about Abire Eze's whatever number of passes. So what from the Stoke game have you got? That was a very kind intro. Well, it was the first time, you know, that Bright... Eze and Cher have all scored in the same game, which was a nice... You see that picture of them all? I love that picture. Great picture they've used as their header now. It's the first time they've ever done that in a game, which is probably a nice moment for them coming through the the under-23s. I mean, like you guys, when we go 1-0 down, 2-0 down, after playing fairly well, missing some open chances, you've seen it all before this season. Only Luton have conceded the opening goal in a game more than QPR this year. So it's a problem all season that's not really been addressed. But we have, a, we have a propensity to come back and, you know, win points from losing positions. But I just wish we wouldn't put ourselves in that position, you know, when we're on top, score those goals. But unfortunately, we, we have the players that, you know, can miss some chances like Hugel. You know, he's got a lot of shots off target, bless him. But... You know, he's still 12 goals this season. He's, it's not a bad return considering mm. when we've had players like Washington and Smith barely creep over 10 goals. You know, Silla. It's not. It's nice to have you know real some firepower. You know, really with Wells. This I did see as that well. stat as well before the game about uh, Hugo having the second most missed chances yeah. in the league up to that point. And I did think the same when it was nil nil and Hugo had that tap in within what first 15 minutes I thought we will regret this and then Pew had that one-on-one with Butland and he Mm. just side footed it straight into his path um and that I was a bit worried about that and that's why when we went 2-0 down it just felt like such a classic QPR fuck up and then I I I really don't know I mean obviously we got it was 2 all at half time wasn't it so it wasn't like Warburton needed to really like shake things up because there was already that compact comeback enthusiasm and there was already that momentum. But then we just blew them away completely in the second half. It was just really impressive the fact that, as you say, we've had this gut punch of a January where we've lost our best striker. You know, we were at the FA Cup when it was a very winnable game. Mm. There's money on the table to be made from that competition. Lose Wales. And, you th- and then we've gone a little bit of a dodgy run, which we've seen before. It was like shades of last season under McLaren. You're thinking, here we go again. And then you're looking below you. And then when you go 2 down in the grim conditions, you're thinking, this, what's going on? And then suddenly to come back to play the football that we were playing, you know, on Saturday, it was brilliant. And they seem to just garner this belief from nowhere. You know, they just, there you go. And then I liked how they celebrated in front of the Stoke fans after... Their, their striker celebrating in front of us. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of needle, you know. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I, do you know what? I never thought of that, but I think you could be right there. It was kind of like, yeah, good point. He's very good, isn't he? I need to use words. Yeah, we need. We need I think podcast. you need to just be on, ev- <laughs> on every uh, pod and just sit in the corner and just throw in some nice little stats every now and again. I like that. But I loved that video with the Stoke fan trying to get delighted. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I'm of a certain age and there's no way I'll take my top off for anyone. <laughs> that was good. Um, and it's just a way that, that you just hear the ball hit the back of that. It's almost like art form and your man's just shut up. And I think you're right, but I, I do wonder if they actually had enough. Do you know what I mean? Of, of, you know, they, they probably thought, we're sick of this. We're sick of going behind. And they just pulled themselves together. So, and... We didn't do so much in the second half of the play out from the back, which mm. is interesting. And we also, we, we were very much on the second ball in the second half as well, which is really important. We haven't done that for ages. And Ezzy is just such a talent. I mean, I know he won't be here next season. We know that. Maybe Sammy won't be. Cher probably will be. But what a player. Yeah. Just what a player. I feel like we're taking him, like generally, like we're taking his like really consistent performances mm. for granted. I mean, 
he did have a bit of a wobbly January, but he wasn't H- alone. H- Huddersfield, he, was, he wasn't, was he? But Huddersfield, he was superb in the first half, and mm. I thought he was pretty good against Swansea. But Stoke, he was, you know, he was absolutely on the ball. My question, Finney, um, if it involves is, passion, <laughs> it's not to do with passion. Right. It is to do with Bright Say Samuel because. Well, as they had a bit of a blip, Bryce Samuel was really coming to his own. And even in games where we lost or conceded late equalisers or late um, kind of defeats to hold that equaliser against Charlton, that was a massive gut punch. I think Bryce Samuel has always shined. So my question is, do we think that in the next sort of three months, Bryce Samuel could potentially outvalue Eze or do you think his consistency hasn't been long enough because Eze's been a star over the last sort of two and a half seasons whereas Bright's just come to his own like in the last six months I think premiership club, clubs will buy players of form and you know if, if Hugel's worth 10 million um, of, of premiership money then you've got to say Jesus how much are they worth I, I'd i like to see them both go if they do go for good money so we can reinvest it in the squad so I'd like to see him go for 20 million I'd like to see Eze go for around about that figure as well because I think we've undersold for a number of years and it'd be nice to actually do what a lot of clubs Brentford do well I hit saying Brentford in the podcast apologies everyone but they do they, they get the correct money and whether the player goes on to achieve after they leave them isn't, isn't really the concern for anyone it's cashed in on them when because no one in their right mind would turn down a premiership club to stay in the championship unless you're completely insane at their age so but Samuel there's just something about him that when it, he clicks he's just unplayable mm. I mean leaving your man on his hole the way he did and that and the way he put that that angle was an amazing angle I mean I was right in line with it so oh, I could actually yeah. see I couldn't see what he was doing I was thinking what, what, what was he actually yeah, trying to do you thought square it don't you yeah. Yeah. yeah but he found this beautiful angle I mean Butler's no mug I mean alright he might be playing a bit of a huffy fit because he's not got the move he wanted mm. but I think he is an incredible talent and it, it, it just shows you that from the Huddersfield game to that something's obviously been said well obviously it was because you saw the programme notes mm. from the manager mm. obviously he's having a, a real pop at social media and you know that, that's up to him I mean I think what I took from them program notes is it's okay to be critical because let's face it we're football fans we mm. sit there and however we, we make it sound brilliant or whatever or in, in layman person's terms it's it's just good to have it off your chest and say this is not good enough but we've had two players come off social media we've had people hounded on social media especially what happened this week and things like that you do wonder is he just annoyed because it has been going too far too personal and you do feel for some of lads when you go on there because I mean, I listen. I whinge like mad, you know that. I do mm. it in this podcast, but it's just keep it constructive. Do you know what I mean? And it's just I don't think it's been doing that. And I, I think Wilburton, and that explains why last week he always had the massive arse when he did that video with Les and Lee Hughes because you can see the frustration in the program notes. And it would be, and I think the sarcastic applauding Lumley really dented a lot of people at the club. Maybe I'm just saying what's not though. I don't know, but it would be it would be nice to see that kind of atmosphere back at Loftus Road, where we're back at the players rather than trying to hand them off social media. Yeah, it makes I agree. A difference. And I also think, specifically on that matter, I think some people have realized has have have kind of started to think that social media was created for the end result being abuse. Mm. Like that seems to be the realization. Is you know people were saying to me, well. You know, no one deserves to be abused, but players don't have to be on social media. No, they don't have to be on social media, but social media wasn't created to harness, to be a kind of channel for abuse. Yeah. It was supposed to be about connections. It was supposed to also be for these players to promote themselves. I mean, we talked about Naki Wells needing to cash in uh, for the last few years of his career and going to get a really good deal at Bristol City to get good money for the for his family so that, that he can live. Mm. Like, that's the same with 
football footballers, they need to promote their brand to cash in and make money for a very finite number of years. No wonder they need social media. Social media is so much about your personal brand that that's the reason they're on there because the agents need them to be on there to promote things so that they can cash in. It wasn't... Social media was not set up so people could just send each other nasty, racist, homophobic, whatever it may be, comments. I think that's where the lines have been blurred is that we're so used to social media being a platform of abuse that we just see it in, in that, that kind of guise. Slightly gone off piste, but... In terms of no. biases, I'm even I get trolled, and I don't I get that at all. It's bizarre the way people do it. But I mean, I drive a van, right? And I'm and I'm a fifty year old man. I look like Penfold, and I get trolled. And then when you have a go back at them, which I will do, because I mean, I know people say be kind. Yeah, it's all very well. But if someone has a go at me, I'm going to stand up for myself. And then they get the arse with you again. It's like you can't say it to me. Would you just call me this, that, the other? And it's almost like it's old fashioned bullying. That's mm. what it. Oh, no, let's, it's let's call it what it is. And then when you actually front them up face to face, people just tend to squibs. Oh, it's just only a bit of a laugh. It's only bants. Yeah, well, you, you, know. you find the abuse is much worse online than it is in the actual stadium. Mm. I know with Lumley that mm, maybe maybe the the sarcastic clapping or, or cheering was a bit. I've never heard un- that at QPR unfair. in my life. I was so I've, surprised. I didn't, I didn't I've heard, heard I've heard sarcastic clapping and cheering before at QPR. Definitely where I where I've my email my family sat last oh, nearly okay. twenty years. I think I'm deaf. Um, I mean, it might be that too, but you know, like. Yeah. George Santos and players like that they I mean the number of times yeah. people used to basically sarcastically cheer him heading away a, a high ball um, I anyway when was player, was we, are, we, the we, are, we have gone off track a little bit I want to ask you Jack Can about just add this what Santos no no but Hitley was one time which was quite funny terrible thing to say when the referee was going to book, book at him and everyone was just chanting off 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 that was funny <laughs> but you had to be there at the time and it was quite old um, Jack, in terms of Eze and Bright, I say Samuel's kind of recent stats and development, a really exciting time for the club. Do you have any nice little juicy stats to add to that? Yeah, I mean, on Eze, you know, for his eight in his age group, 21 or under, there's no one in the English Football League that's got more goals or assists. So if QPR can't cash in properly on an asset like that, then what hope do we have, you know, getting good figures for you know, your chairs or your say Samuels? We need to sort of set a benchmark with Eze, this this is it, and then anything else we build on on top of that. I think That's with really Bright, Bright Eze Samuel contract situations slightly, you know, that might reduce the fee. That's the thing that worries me. I know he's got the year extension, but really if you could tie him down to a couple more years, that increases his value and he's in the same bracket as Eze if he carries on, you know, in that current reign of form. Because as you say, he's got that brilliant combination of strength, speed and technical ability. And now he can shoot straight. And now he's, 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 exactly. he's converting thing, chances. He's developed his game. The one thing last season we all said that he needed to work on was the shooting. And he's clearly worked on that. And Eze said the same thing. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, when he came on the podcast or another interview when he talked a lot about Chris Ramsey's role and the way that he's changed his passing this season. Mm. It's obviously reaped rewards. So I think the great thing about having these young players is they're willing to adapt and learn. And I think... Unfortunately for a huge talent like Adele was, he was quite stubborn. He wasn't necessarily willing to adapt and change his style of play. I'm not sure how much you can coach. Yes, uh, to exactly. You kind of let him exactly. Get on with it Whereas then... we've got an amazing group of players now who are, who are who are up for learning. They're up for developing. They want to get better. 
I think he did. I think Adele did adapt under Warnock. He was a different player a lot of the time. He was he was a lot more selfish. Um, well, that's a good thing and a bad thing. I don't know, but it worked. Listen, you're never going to convince me otherwise. Adele's a god, and I know. It, oh, of uh, course. I mean, literally, I worship the ground he walks in. But I would go that far. Nice uh, a defensive midfielder, deep line playmaker. Then they he's playing exactly. like in front of the defense. Said, yeah. That was strange. Did you see the video? Of that? Yeah, but and he, he owned it as well, quite well. Yeah, there's been some amazing clips of him recently. I couldn't believe me, I see like the way he's spreading the ball he's and tracking stuff. back, and he's making yeah. sliding it's tackles. It's really nice to see. Yeah, I think it must be a, a really strange league if you could do that. I don't think I ever seen. Oh, <laughs> well, he did. Yeah, his his record of never being injured properly at Rangers was amazing. He laid yeah. like tree trunks. <laughs> but going back, the thing about Jack said about Eze and, and that though, you're quite right about not us not cashing in players when they're at the top of the form. We tend to panic mm-hmm. and go because we are so desperately, desperately trying to do this FFP transfer policy and we're so desperate to be the first player to go for big money that shows that this is working. And you kind of think with this press that we're given, clubs are monitoring that and are being a wee bit crafty, do you know what I mean? Because how can Brentford sell players for £25 million and we're not? So if we don't sell Eze for decent money or Samuel, it kind of... It, the whole project is thrown out there and it's just kind of like, well, if we're going to sell on for three or four million with sell-ons, it's not really going to be good enough. And you don't really want the player swap situation. I, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm not a fan you know of that it's like idea. That didn't work so well with Trevor Sinclair. Oh, yeah, what was it Keith Rowland? Uh, a lot of it. It was basically, they, they went to Knacker's Yard and came back with some people they found in West Ham shirts. It was Derby Rowland and Ford? the guy that was, a, that was a defender who became a coach and it was going to be screaming at me through the podcast, Tim Breaker. Tim Breaker, yeah. Um, so, which wasn't the best deal, and they got like a what would be now a 20 million pound player. He went on to play in the World Cup, and yeah, <laughs> things we, happen like that at QPR. We've uh, we've touched on a few past geniuses, um, so that's a nice little way to fade into our phone call with Lee Cook. Hello, Lee, how are you? Are you all right? Good, mate, thank you. And thanks for coming on, I really appreciate it. It's really kind of you to give us some of your time. Um, we have Flo and Jack. Now, Jack's sitting here with the spreadsheet and a laptop, and I'm going to give him some questions to ask you because he looks like he's going to blow your mind with stats, but he's just shook his head, which means probably not. Go on then, Jack, over to you. Hi, Lee, Jack here. How you doing, Jack? Yeah, they've made me out to be some sort of a nerd, which probably Weirdo, isn't. Weirdo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I say that? Yeah, I did. It's all right. Um, no, I was just, just looking through your appearances, really, and when you made your debut and stuff like that. Do you have any kind of memories from your QPR debut? I believe it was, you know, a few years ago now, Brentford. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yep. I, that was one of my favourite games, actually, because it was a full house on the day. Um, and it all happened quite quick, because I had a game in the week for Watford um, Reserve, saying Ollie was at the game. And then he called me after and said he wants to get it sorted for the game on the Saturday against Brentford. And it was all a bit all a bit of a mental rush. And then signed on the Thursday, I think, just in time, which meant I could play on a Saturday. And then I had a whole rush of people wanting tickets for the match. <laughs> um, so my phone was just going nuts for that day. I remember it. It was just crazy. And then obviously played the game. Um, and yeah, like all my family was there. And it was a special day that was, actually. Um, yeah, I'll never forget that one. Do you remember the result? One all. Okay. Yeah, we should have won as well. Yeah, they, they were the days we could beat Brentford. Yeah, I think we lost. I think that, like Ollie, I remember it because I think we lost to Vauxhall Motors the week before. And he was under a little. He was. He was under a bit of pressure. Yeah, and then we yeah, got he was tanked by Cardiff as well. The same sort of. Way and then we, got... we went on a run. I, I come in and we went on a bit of a run, and it was it was a good spell, and then it just picked up from there that season really. 
It's weird because when you think about it, you're right. You know, people forget that we had the Fox on Mudders result, and then we had the Hammer in Cardiff, and then we went in that run and and got to playoff final. I mean, that yeah. was that was some doing. From we really did have to pick ourselves off the floor, didn't we? Yeah, and to be fair, I settled in quite quick, um, and I was gutted when I had to go back because they Watford called me back in the end, and I missed mm. the running. Um, but yeah, I was when they called me back. I was like, oh no! Because you just got the reserves, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I went back into the first team. I think that's why they called me back because I was doing quite well, and then I was on an FA Cup. I ended up playing in the semi-final, so it weren't that bad of, of going back. But I mean, I went to the playoff final against Cardiff. Um, and then obviously gutted we didn't we didn't go up and then I just kept my eye on QPR the next, the following season because I had it in my mind that I wanted to go back there if things weren't going to work out at Watford. Mm. And then I had a good season at Watford that year and then they offered me a new deal and stuff. But when my contract had was coming to an end, I just rejected it and and when we went up, that was it. And then I signed it and then that's when the, it went to the tribunal and stuff. But yeah, that was, that was a good couple of years. And then after that, obviously, the next two seasons, we had two good seasons after that. I think we finished 11th the first season in the champ when I was there. What was I'm right, Stato. Am I right, Stato? Did we finish 11th? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> oh, bless him. I've, I've, given this, I've given this on for a title, but he, but he's, he's not like the Stato that used to be in fancy football. I'll give him that. Um, Lee, what, what, was, what was that squad of players like back in the day? Um, I'd say probably the best changing room I've had in terms of how everyone got on. Um, constant banner at the training ground. Um, it was always a pleasure going into work. But once work did start, it was serious. But Ollie was that type of type of manager, really very relaxed, liked the team spirit. But then when it was work time, he was you know bang on it. So it was he had a bit of everything really. And then obviously the the team had a good com- camaraderie anyway before I got there. But obviously you know when you got Birchie and Kev, who was QPR as well, they knew I was a, a fan coming in. So we had a good little sort of um, little click going there with the QPR sort of fan base thing. And then um, all the others, you know, there was most of them were London boys anyway. So yeah, we had a good little team there and then and a good team spirit. It was probably the best one I've had in any squad. Mm. Mm. Lee, Flo here. Um, we, we've had a lot in kind of the news recently about players trying to kind of work out what to do with life after football what have you found is the kind of way that you get the most enjoyment from football now because it obviously is really difficult when when you aren't getting that massive high and and that's what a lot of players struggle with so what's been the best kind of outlet for you now that you don't aren't necessarily playing every week yeah I mean it was my situation it was a bit like um as I was dropping down the leagues when I got to like 31 and and I was released from QPR, then it was, I was like, what am I going to do now? Um, you know, with the injuries and stuff I had and my injury record, there wasn't many champ sides willing to sort of take the gamble on me. And I ended up going into League One and having two seasons in there. Then I dropped down again and I went, no, then I went to Greece for a bit. Then I come back and I went into the National League for two years. And when I was dropping down, that's when I was starting to think about it. And, you know, playing at, you know, as much as I enjoyed my time at Barnet and East League, going and playing in front of 1500 quid it was 1500 quid 1500 people it weren't the same sort of buzz that you'd get obviously playing at 20,000 people 30,000 people in the championship every week so I knew in my head like once my season finished at Barnet I was I'm in an hour whether to call it a day then but then you know Richard Hill got on the phone to me he said look just have another year and let's let's try and get another promotion so I was like okay I'll do it I'll have one more go at it so I had another year at Eastleigh, but I knew I knew around the Christmas time that year I, I'd had enough. I was playing in pain, 
And I was like, what am I going to do now? And it was it was one of them, really. You either go down the coaching sort of path, which has never really interested me, um, or you go down the sort of scouting path or, you know, going into clubs and, you know, helping out with the younger players, all that sort of stuff. But I just went down the agent sort of route because I thought, you know, if I can help lads that are done wrong in my career in terms of investments and what, what to do with your money, um, helping them with their game... So I wanted to go down that route. So that's the route I've gone down and I've learned a lot in the last three years. And, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it now um, at the company I'm at. And, you know, we've got some great young talent and it's great going. We're going to watch them on a Saturday is the next best feeling I'm going to get to being a pro again is sitting there watching my player play in front of 15,000 and, you know, having a good game and watching everything he does. So that's that's the route I've gone down. And and who are the players that QPR should be signing that you represent? Who should we have our eye on? <laughs> I can't say that. Who are just uh, who are exciting well, players say, that you represent, I guess, without having well, to plug I mean, them to well, QPR? Jack, Clark, Jack Clark's with our company. He's one of the lads at YMU. Um, you know, he's a young, hot talent at Spurs. Uh, I believe Ian Hart's his actual rep, but he, um, you know, he's one that they signed on loan. And, you know, he's a top talent. I think he should be playing for us at the moment. Um, I don't see how he's not. He's on the bench every week at the minute. And when he comes on, he's, he showed glimpses of what he's about. Um, but I'd have him starting for sure. Well, I was going to ask, um, um, sorry, Lee, I was just going to ask as a, like a winger yourself, um, do you see any of, you know, yourself in Jack Clark? Is Have you had conversations with him to sort of suggest? Well, yeah, I've only improve? met Jack. I've only met him a couple of times, but he's not actually mine. So I don't indulge in it that much with him, but. You know, I've I've seen him a bit, play quite a bit. And, um, yeah, he likes to cut in a bit. Um, he's not so much as the old-fashioned sort of winger that just, you know, roasts his man down the outside and whips a ball, and he's got a bit more about him than that. He's um, a bit more flary coming off the line. He's pretty much got the lot, to be honest. So, you know, for us to have him, we should feel pretty pretty grateful. And, you know, for me, he should be starting every week. But, you know, it's another story. Well, I'm going to cut the, the chase here, Wee, but have you got any strikers? <laughs> what we could do with some no seriously have you listen I don't know you know the transfer policy at QPR I don't really know we're not talking about QPR um, we're talking about in general there's a wee club we're talking about Northern Ireland Vinny needs a striker for North. if you've got any uh, Northern Irish scouts there Lee that I've you could have come I up with got, I have got strikers but I've got no strikers that would be moving anywhere <laughs> so oh. yeah that puts that to bed oh, thanks for that <laughs> Cheers, I Lee. Going to Ireland, Diva. They're probably good. They're good players. Oh, players oh, 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 oh. shots fired! Well, get that shots. <laughs> See, relevant. Go on, Jack. Well, they put me on the spot a little bit here, um, so I'll try and make up a question. Um, so, you're at QPR, like you know, spanned quite a few years on and off. Um, he's played under, I think, eight different managers. Other than Holloway, was there any manager that you particularly enjoyed playing under the most? Yeah, John Gregory. Loved it under John. Yeah, proper loved it. He come in at a bad time. We was, I think we was rock bottom of the league. I think we played nine and lost seven or something. And we was we were just having one really. Um, it was all change at that time. And then John came in and straight away, like he, the training become more intense. Um, he got the spirit going again, which we'd lost a little bit of. Um, and he was just a really good guy. I mean, he's. He knows his stuff as well, obviously, tactically, but I think he was another manager that the boys loved playing for him. And when you've got that manager, you've always got a chance. And that's what got us out of trouble in the end. 
because we battled every week. You know, me and Dexter formed a good partnership that year, which got us a lot of goals. But I mean, generally, when he brought Danny Cullip in, Adam Boulder, these sorts of players that, you know, they were players that he knew would do well for that team. And then, obviously, that's our left at the end of that season. But for that one season he come in, or three quarters of a season I had him for, yeah, he was he was great for me. You know, he sort of um, built his team around me, so to speak, and said, look, you're 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 the, my main player. I want you to do this, do that, and I'm going to sort of build it around you. And he gave me a bit of a freedom, which is probably why I expressed myself as I did that season. Because usually, you know, if you're playing left midfield in the 4-4-2, You've got to do your dog work the other end, but he sort of wanted me pushed further up the field, and I think that's why you sort of best to be that season. And you know, if I was coming through now, it'd probably be better for me now playing in these new systems. Everybody's playing with this free up front. You know, being left of a free up front is probably perfect for me. Yeah, so I think you get quite a few day, assists. It was it was four four two. One thing about that Lee is, um, if you think back of it, he was great tactician, but he was also great at nearly starting a war with China, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, the great, yeah, the great ball of China. Yeah, I mean that that, yeah. that video is. I still watch that video. It's one of the best videos. You talk about passion, jeepers! That was that was yeah, insane. That was mad. I remember Furlong played in that game because he was coming back from injury. Right. And he said, he said, I literally, I just turned around and there was seven or eight of them kicking me, trying to punch me. It was just crazy because they had, I think, they had an Olympic squad of about fifty-four players, and they was all there. Ooh. And we only had, we had we had obviously the eleven playing and I think five subs. So we were majorly outnumbered in that. Oh dear. <laughs> was, yeah. was, was Danny not around? No, we we was off. It was a it was a reserve game, and mm. I think it was on a Wednesday. And most of the first team was off, but I think Thurlong played, and Moro Milanese was the other player that played in it. The rest of the boys were sort of you know the younger pros. Someone, but yeah, there's always a question I wanted to ask about Milanese. Was it wig? I believe so. Yeah, it, it did look like a wig. Yeah, I believe it was. I believe it was a QPR podcast exclusive there. See it in the papers tomorrow. You can just imagine it, Wiggy, can't you? (laughs) Well, listen, Lee. Oh, dear. Well, we've got to go because we're running out of time. But um, before you go, how good a talent are we just being biased is Samuel and Ezzy, do you think? And what can they achieve in the game? Um, I thought a beer might have gone in the window, if I'm being honest. I thought someone would have took the punt on him with maybe a loan him back to the end of the season so I was I don't know if any offers come in for him at all um, we will struggle to keep him that's for sure mm. um, I think he will go at some point um, Bright could we could have a couple of seasons with with um, Bright this all depends on his consistency really because on, the, on his day he's unplayable but he just needs to find that sort of consistent run of games where he's doing it all the time Um no, he's a little bit in miss sometimes, but he's definitely got he's got something there which you can work with. And at the moment, he's in that good reign of form. I mean, I wasn't down there Saturday, but I already had a cracking game. Oh, electric! Um, yeah, so you know, it, you know, if he can do that three games out of five, then you know he'll be another one that you're going to struggle to keep. They're, yeah. they're obviously our two, you know, two top standout young players that you know any team in the championship would probably want. And if not the premiership, some of them. Well, Lee, you know what? It's been too long since you've been in the studio. We've got to get you back in soon. Pop down to yeah, North well, London. You're just always in North London, aren't you? It's a bit strange that it's QPR podcast and you're all over in North London. I just can't get my head around it. But have you seen the house prices of West London? 
<laughs> Jesus, even even Ray used to live at Westbourne Park. Jesus, anyway. But um, but for you, we'll try and move it back for one podcast and and maybe maybe doing a pub or something where we can have a have once a couple the seasons, of seasons. Once the seasons done, if you do one, that's that's easier. So yeah. There's Keep not, that in mind. There's not a lot of call for it when the season's done. <laughs> <laughs> like, like not like season finished if we um, get relegated or something. Oh, Jesus no, Christ! Hush that, no. <laughs> Lee. You take care of yourself, fella, and uh, good Cheers, to hear bye. you. You're a good man. Cheers, Thanks, Lee. Bye. Cheers, Lee. Bye. 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 He's such a lovely fella, isn't he? Danny, you mentioned Danny Cullop. That's a throwback. I forgot about him. It was, wasn't it? Oh, so he was a random. I've just looked on his wiki while Lee was chatting. 19 appearances he had. Not a lot of time at QPR. No. He fell out, didn't he, with the with some players or the manager? I can't remember. I think everyone was falling out with everyone. Yeah, it was a bit of a toxic time, wasn't it? Well, no, I think what it, he, he hit the nail on the head. Like, when you had people like Birchip and Gallon, if you don't pull your weight and they're yeah, QPR they'll, fans. they'll call you up on it, Exactly. And, and I think the manager at the time as well was a bit of a, you know, you, lo- you loved him or hated him, I guess. But, yeah, I knew that was a wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm quite pleased they got that out in the open. Yeah, uh, um, Finney, we, we were getting a little bit nostalgic there, and I, I know that Forest last season, the away oh. day was was a big one for you. I remember the week before in this very room when it was about twice the size, you were wishing that we were going to break that that curse, and you, you were so well. excited. You were practically caning tinnies at seven a.m. in the morning on that Saturday, and um, your dreams came true. I never thought it'd be Steve McLaren that would um, be yeah. the one to deliver, but um, looking ahead to this weekend, how are you feeling? Do you know it was really strange because there was a fellow there with some T-shirts that had thirty-five, obviously the games numbered, blah blah, and, and that was brilliant. I saw him in the pub and. Yeah, I wish I'd got one of them t-shirts, and I never mind. And I practically was doing drink early, but it was coffee. Just oh. as we know, it was so coffee with vodka. No, I don't drink spirits. I must be one of the very few Irish people don't because they just do me in. Anyway, it's not Bailey's? about Bailey's. I like Bailey's. No, Ming and stuff can't stand it. Can't stand. Yeah, no, okay. don't look shocked. It's true. Okay. Can't stand spirits. Anyway, so last year the atmosphere was right, the time was right, the manager was probably in his best spell. Blah blah blah. This year, who knows? You know what I mean? I don't think any of us can call any QPR mm. games these days. You know what I mean? Just Plus. the championship in general is so yeah, hard Yeah, even to call. so. I mean, it'd be such a shame if Leeds blow it again. <laughs> and um, I just want Brentford and Fulham to stay, you know, that wee bit below everything and stay here. Because we'd miss them otherwise, wouldn't we? You know, mm. and if we get our teams right next season, we'll actually try and beat them. We'll beat them this season. We've got one more game, 12-30. I know. That kills it, doesn't it? Makes it a lot harder for people to come up. From there, all travel down, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It's, it's just, and it kills awkward. it at the three o'clock. The atmosphere, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just low, you know. But anyway, going back to Forest, it was brilliant. I mean, even the Forest fans who were giving us crap all the way through the game at the end did actually applaud us because I think they realised how much it meant. But I would settle for a dodgy one-all draw or the win would be fantastic. Just get over that line, get them mm. points that we need to stay up. But I think then we can all breathe. Because that's the first thing I thought on Saturday after the result. I thought, we can breathe a wee bit, you know what yeah. I mean? Because the other results... We'd have done us any favours if we'd mm. lost that game. I mean, so at one point, weren't the teams below us all winning and we yeah. were losing, and it was looking a little bit dodgy at one point. But yeah, as you say, I mean, now we've got a bit of breathing space. I mean, eleven points. Yeah, and um, even it's, we, it's quite a cushion, isn't it? it? I'm not going to say you it. don't want to jinx it. No, I, I almost thought I supported a normal football club, and I could probably say eleven points should see you see if they Rangers, isn't it? Well, I can't. I think it's safe. Love, I can't quite remember where Forest were at this point when we played them in December last year with that big away win. But Similar, is it going to be? Is it going to be harder this, this right now because 
They're in a fairly good run. They've got a bit of momentum. They're really now thinking we've got to fucking get to the playoffs this season because it's been a consistent sort of getting to the playoffs, losing the playoffs, missing out on the they playoffs. They must have FFP breathing down the neck as well. I don't know how they haven't because they they've got won. a squad of about 35 players and they just buy anyone who well, That's breathes. a reserve team. Like four or five goalkeepers at one it's point. It's ridiculous. So I, know that, this, yeah. I, I feel like I was feeling more confident last season, but now I'm a... I don't know, I'm a bit iffy. They're kind of schizophrenic as a football team, aren't they? They're kind yeah, they're of they're, they're so up and down, it's unbelievable. But they have got strikers that can hurt us. Mm. And they're fairly, oh, organ- they're, they're fairly just... organised under the, the current manager, so they are quite hard to break down. But yeah. I do think, you know, QPR is any bet, you know, both teams to score. I think, you know, in our games, I mean, I mean, the football league's only South End. They've got more goals, you know, scored in their games for that's and against good. than QPR. So, you know, that's... In logic tells you it's going to be a score draw or a forest win, no, but ho- ho- hopefully we surprise them again. I think the thing about, I mean, I know their chairman's a pretty interesting character as well, and he seems to be losing his rag, and they think they need to go up. So there's going to be huge pressure on them, yeah. massive pressure on them. And then, of course, we've got Derby to come at home, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it'd be great to go there and just get a result, you know, just, just keep us going. But like I said earlier on, when this system works, it's beautiful. When it doesn't work, it's pull your hair out if I had any um, sort of time. So it'd be interesting to see if we can improve on it and keep this run going because I think we desperately need to there's sparks there there's fire there there's, but it just hasn't caught a light yet if they can't believe after believing themselves after Saturday you know you're not sure what's going to what, what's going to spark point. that because to come from the behind and to play in that manner surely you've got to take that into the next game but we're inconsistent this season aren't we is that the first time Jack we've done that this season come from behind and won oh, that's put me on the spot no, we I have, was I thinking think, that I think as well I think before. we might have done it once but it's been rare because I was trying mm. to work it out on Saturday but I didn't quite have time to do it before having to yeah, ask well. Mark Warburton in the post-match but I don't think it's been that common this year no. Not, not from two goals down. Oh, I think yeah, that that's no. quite that was pretty uncommon. I, yeah, we're obviously our most dangerous. Blackburn, <laughs> Blackburn, would did we go a goal down and we end up winning that four two as well? Did we, or did we go a goal up? I can't remember. Don't ask we'll, me. I was we'll probably have drunk. A look at that afterwards. Derby Tuesday night, so we'll probably record the next pod on a Wednesday or something or a Thursday. So we've got. City on, uh, sorry, City ground on Saturday, Forest, and then on Tuesday we'll be playing Derby at home, potentially mm. coming off the back of a an away defeat. Derby, another inconsistent team. They're in 13th. They've obviously had a pretty rough season. Another FFP team? On and off. Is that the FFP uh, derbies? Yeah, on and, off the, on and off the pitch, it's been pretty dodgy for them. They obviously had that literal dodgy. car dodgy. crash. Uh, dodgy. Then they had a Wayne Rooney uh, arrival. Then they had the FAP, FFP now, we all know situation. He be a coach. He's not a player, um, and that's why they, they're not paying him serious money and breaking any rules. Of course not. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be an odd couple of days, I think. Um, I, I'm a bit worried that it could be back-to-back defeats in quite a short space of time and it sort of takes us backwards again. I don't know. I think, I think the, the... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing with the Championship has been seen this year. Every year I say the same thing. I think it's going to be harder. There's going to be three or four teams going to pull away. We're all going to be also rounds trying to get into the playoffs or doing this or just surviving. And yet again, it's bottom of beaten top and yada, yada, yada. So who knows? I mean, we could quite as easily win them games as lose them. That's just the Championship. Plus Derby and Forest are so desperate to get out, are so desperate because of FFP. And I think Derby especially, because they are going to take the absolute mother of, of getting fined and everything because they've broke every single rule. And if they don't, then 
what we've been put under by the, the football league should be resyndicated because you cannot do us the way we've been done. Quite rightly, because we broke the rules, it's fair enough, we got done, and then let teams like Derby just piss all over it. That's just morally wrong. Yeah, there's no, I think that's what the board are banking on. If if you read what you know, you do online, that I think the notion is they feel that you know these it's going to catch up with certain clubs, and are we going to be in a position to capitalise on? I don't really know. I don't understand the whole technical no of it. All really, it's all a bit murky. It's a bit complicated. Yeah, can we take? Uh, in this whole FFP world, can we take City's place in Europe? Do you reckon if we get in there quick? <laughs> just... It'll be Sheffield United there. So, sorry, oh, but I, I mean that's pretty amazing. So with those, we'll do score predictions and then ours end because we've chatted quite a lot about those two games. Score predictions for City this weekend. Are you going, Finney? I yeah, I'm going to City Ground, and I'm, I'm going with hope and a memory from last season that can't be taken away because I've been some bloody awful defeats uh, the Nigel Clough hat trick the League Cup games loads and loads and loads and loads of horrible results uh, battered 5-0 I think uh, Hart was just being replaced or Nigel Corsi just come back blah 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 so there's all their memories we've been washed away with a lovely win again and two wins in a can you imagine in, in like space of two seasons the win there twice I mean Stick your European trophies up your arse for us. We've done, you know, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> so who knows? Um, I'm, 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 yes, I'm going and I'll be at Derby too in my normal seat. And you know what? I'm looking for. It's just need to get the feel-good factor back at Rangers. And if we can do that, see the season through, then build next season we can get because the atmosphere has been lacking. And I think, obviously, if we're singing probably some more at Derby because that's what we do. And it'd be nice to, to, to put them in, in further trouble and to see what happens at FFP because I am I know I keep going on about it but I am raging about it because I, I, although we got done for it and fair enough but it seems to be everyone else is getting away with it and it could only happen to QPR that we are the I think the we're Trojan getting horse. to a turning point now where people aren't getting away with it but for, for a while people have been getting away with it mm. I mean I remember doing some prep a couple of weeks ago for the Bristol City defeat and looking at the number of players that Bristol City bought and they bought like Chelsea Academy products and mm. spent like five million quid on them. And I was thinking, how are these guys meeting the FFP targets of profit and loss or whatever? Anyway, that's another yep. podcast on but, FFP. Yeah, score predictions. Score is, predictions. I reckon we'll beat Forest 2 1, and I think we'll be Derby. I'm not so sure about, but I've got a funny thing, it'll probably be a one all draw. So you think, sorry, Forest, you think we'll be, get beat 2 1? No, we'll beat Forest 2 1. I'll beat Forest 2 1. That's the sort of thing QPR would do. Do you think we'll go a goal down in that Forest game or we'll go. Don't I like Mystic Meg? <laughs> I'm just wondering. Jesus. You know, we thought we're getting reputation as, you know, comeback kids. I, I can't even work out what a false number 10 is or a false number 9. <laughs> or, nine? I'm just working about wing backs and things. I'm a dinosaur. I don't know. Um, I, well, now that we've can obviously come from behind, who knows? Yeah. I've got more confidence. Just we'd like to press it at 3. Okay. Then we should have a cut off at one. Okay. And then go and win. Jack? Um, I think we'll probably lose at Forest. I think... Um, Standard. St- you know, it go revert back to the norm, as to say. But no. I feel if they can... As I say, if they build on how they played, you know, against Stoke and they, have, you know, score the first goal, then who knows? You know, we might, you know, grow, grow into the game. Because as you say, we do grow into games like, mm. sometimes after conceding. But... You know, it's potential. If we if we go a few goals down, I think it's going to be harder to come back against Forest than it was mm. last week against Stoke. So I would go maybe two one Forest for that one. Um, I'll be at the Derby game um, in the upper loft and uh, had a good view of the bright goal last week. Actually, oh, you must have done. oh, brilliant! I don't know how we got it in from that angle, but you know. Anyway, Derby. I think we'll beat Derby. I don't think they're much no. to be honest. I think. Um, you know, they just scored two against him, didn't they? It's like a it's a Wayne Rooney circus with them, and you know, I, you know, he's 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 done all right in terms of his you know, goals and assists since he's been there. 
But I don't think he's... I don't know. Saying this, he's probably going to hurt us now and pick, pick us apart from the middle. But I feel that we've got enough to beat Derby at home on you know under the lights, Loftus Road. It's quite special, isn't it? So yeah, I think two 0 I think I think uh, yeah, I agree with you, Jack. I think we'll probably lose on Saturday, but put up a good fight. But unfortunately, just with Hugel up front on his own, I just don't know if we'll have enough if we're going to be playing a sort of counter-attacking style mm. away from home. I don't know if that's Big enough. Pitch. Yeah, so I think two ones probably a good shout two on defeat on Saturday I'll be there but working but hopefully maybe a pint afterwards Vinny depending on what time my train home is after after before the trains are mental on Saturday really? so be I, warned well, I haven't even looked yet so it, you've got to go to going Grantham on. and change at Grantham oh, it's off. going to be like three hours ago and then three hours going oh, back well, it's going okay, to, I'm, it's going I to might not be going then I don't know if they're going to bother to put me on like eight different no it's just two trains but it'll be oh, fine okay. get, get a flexible ticket and come with us We'll, you know, and you can make sure you can see that I do drink coffee. <laughs> I, 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 I can have coffee and non-alcohol. And um, yeah, I know what pub we're going to, so I'll let you know. But yeah, it's good. It'd be great if we can get a good away support and get a good performance. I think yeah. that's what everyone needs a good end of the season. I know I keep do saying I, I haven't actually looked, but do you know how many tickets have been sold for Saturday? No. Uh, I'll see if I can have a look. And then... Derby, I think, will win. I think it's going to be 3-1 Rangers. I, like I think it. Derby will get a goal, but I think we'll win 3-1. So while I look and see how many tickets have been sold for Saturday, Jack, your R's end, because I know you come prepared, which is great. Okay. Well, um, yeah, my R's end is on um, Abereze. I know we've sort of touched on him already, but this weekend, should he play, it'll be his 100th appearance for QPR in mm. all competitions. And uh, he'll be, on the day, he'll be 21 and 238 days old. So he'll be the youngest QPR player to reach 100 games for the club since Ian Dawes in 1984. Ian Dawes. And Ian Dawes made his 100th app against Nottingham Forest. No. So. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Can we get you on again? Yeah, yeah definitely. Course. I think that's, 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 I love things like that. That's My mate Alan will be going up mad because he loves stats. And he, he's probably at this point nearly just having the best podcast ever. Well, I hope he's he's pleased with that one. Um, That's a great one. I love the indoors, by the way. Yeah, well, come through the, the youth team. He I did, was... he did. Let, let him go way too soon. But carry on, any more stats on these things? No, I'm excited. Th- that's more one on Eze. That's, that's it? Yeah, I've probably peaked with that one. Uh, but uh, more? On Eze? On anything? On anything. Oh, well, let's say, I think Eze certainly, you know, that was my Miyazi end. I think, you know, enjoy him while he's here. Mm. But a little mention to Chair. I think he's slightly underappreciated in terms of what his actual output is. I've you know seen comments on what does he do, but you know he's joined top for assists this season mm-hmm. with Eze, which again not many people probably are aware of. But you know he's just one of those players that he's, he's our most subbed off player as well. So I'd, I'd just love to see him get like a a big run in the team. But I, I do appreciate what Warburton has done for him this season in terms of he's taken it in and out of the team. It's, it's benefited him. Because when he's come in, he has delivered, you know, in certain games and he's looked quite sharp, like Stoke, you know, he looked good when he came on. So, you know, Chair's one, I think, you know, maybe need to give a bit more game time towards the end of the season now because he could be our key, you know, creative force next season. Do you think there's a a case that Manning could end up in midfield next season alongside Chair? I don't know if if that is too lightweight, you know, unless we're going to have like an enforcer next to him or something like that. In terms of their size? Yeah, just in terms of what the type of players that they are. I don't see Manning as like a... a he's more like going to be a playmaker, I'd imagine, mm. if he played in the middle. But his, his delivery he, from he, out he, wide is so dangerous. He played really well on Saturday, which is good because yeah. he'd kind of been in that side His recently, stats are quite so, good, actually. Yeah. Top, for defend, yeah, yeah. Top, top for defenders in terms of chances created. So I'm, I'm pleased for him. He's a, he's a sound fella. And I, 
And it is good. I know last week we had a bit of a moon fest, and we win one game, and that's it. We think we're going to beat Derby, and we're going to do this, and we're going to be marvellous, and we're singing from the rooftops. But it just shows you. But the youngsters are the, the guiding light, aren't they? They are indeed. And I did have a look. It looks like maybe a 1,000 tickets uh, on Saturday, average. which is good. It's That'll not be bad, good. So hopefully a good atmosphere. I, I reckon yeah, it'll be pretty play. full with Forest fans because they're hoping it'll be a late run for the playoffs. My R's end, um, a lovely little junior hoops takeover on Saturday. We had one of them <laughs> in the gantry um, and they were in the press box, in the in the media sort of area as well. Uh, and they had a whole takeover of the whole day. They were writing match reports. One of them, even the guy was in the gantry, he was doing a little bit of commentary at the end of the game for the iFollow stream. So thought that was a really nice thing that the club have done. And I know we talk a lot about all the great things they do in the community, but this is just another extra bonus. And I'm sure other clubs do it, but I think when we talk about, you know, cultivating a long-term fan base, which, you know attendance wise we've really struggled this season the last couple of seasons we've only had a handful of sellout games so in terms of cultivating a long-term fan base and tapping into a massive kind of network of kids in the community who were, who exist but for some reason they're not coming to games you know I think that was a great move from the club and it looked like all those kids were having a, a wonderful time and mini spark I'm just obsessed with mini spark the I mascot. was keeping there I want him there every uh-huh. week. He's, He's only brilliant. six, yeah. so I think it probably breaks a lot of child labour laws. But <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with him. And apparently I had a chat with the media guys after the game and they said that he'd been wearing the costume all week to like get used no. to it. Yeah. And he was in the press room and he couldn't he had a cup of hot chocolate, but the weird massive spark hands were too big, so he couldn't really hold the hot chocolate properly. And he was there standing next to Jude and it was just the best thing ever. So oh, brilliant. long live mini spark. That's my End. Well, funny enough, home. <laughs> you've never seen my driving. Um, the yeah, I like that, I, and I love George Sharp as well. Who, who does his own little vlog thing? You know, I'm 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 old and I'm a dinosauric and stuff like that. The passion flow, passion. Um, Lumping in the box anyway, and I, I I like the fact that these kids are coming through and they are doing more. I'd love to see we George do a game with Andy Sinton because that'd be quite funny actually. But my R's end is basically, it was wonderful to see the the, the, the crowd turn on Saturday and be more positive, more vibrant. It was it was good to see. And it reminds you why you go to QPR and hopefully against Derby we can continue under the lights. There's no steady blanket. I mean I know we. We slag the our other people come to the ground and slag it off and everything else. But I love love to throw under the lights and I, I love it when it's buzzing. It's so different. So I'm just looking forward to more positive energy at home because I really think it helps. And, and the players notice it too because I mean Bright as a I think chair as well and like Pew and Hugo and everyone when they put up their tweets after the game. If I don't know if it's them or their agent or whatever, whoever it may be. The person that wrote the tweet said, you know, fans were unreal or fans were class or, you know, great atmosphere. Now, mm. maybe they don't mean it, but the only way we're going to grow a consistent fan base is if the fans feel a little bit rewarded for their Absolutely. time and money and, like, blind loyalty that we all give to this and it's a beautiful random thing. football club in West London. And it's a beautiful thing. And I hope everyone sings themselves hoarse as hell on Saturday as well, no matter what happens, because I think that's what we, we do so well as we do back our club when we back them properly and... And the social media nonsense and everything else hopefully will die down a bit and a few good results it works both ways doesn't it well said well um, see you probably on Wednesday or Thursday um, everyone and hopefully we'll be talking about two back to back wins and maybe we'll march up the table a place or Football's two Football's not fickle at all is it <laughs> <laughs> UPR UPR Rangers